goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ditto heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. It is Friday, so quickly. This week has come and is going. Never mind that. We are here Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. for the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Make a note of it. Keep us next to your alarm if you are up that early in the morning. Plenty of news from all over the world. We will touch on as much of it as we possibly can during this hour. Along with us today for a limited time will be Congresswoman Claudia Tenney. We are looking forward to having a nice little chat with her. New York's 24th District. All that's coming up. Let us get to a few things first. Uh, Hunter Biden's lawyer has an interesting spin. Actually, I think it's a pretty pathetic spin. He says it's not illegal uh, that people have been using family names to gain opportunities for millennia. Now, who can argue with that statement? Of course, people use their family names. Hunter Biden's lawyer, Abby Lowell, defended his client, saying people have been using family names and connections to gain opportunities. He said that on PMSNBC. Of course, if he said that on a real news network, somebody might challenge him. If Congress wants to start saying, well, does he get opportunities because his last name is Biden? They should look to themselves. Joe Manchin's wife is on a commission of West Virginia where Congress has provided an enormous amount of funds. There's Congressperson Bulbert, who has a spouse that works in the consulting business. Hey, there's Maxine Waters, whose kid scores big time every election. There's Nancy Pelosi. She and her husband seem to do extremely well in the stock market, especially with stocks that uh, benefit from legislation that is passed. And they seem to know just what stocks to get in early. Mr. Lowell said if you start dissecting people who have the ability to use their connections and their name in order to get opportunities, then okay. But that's what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Congress should look at their own. This is not about Congress. This is not about Hunter Biden being some kind of victim. This is about the law. And there's a big difference between using your name and connections for influence to help you get a career rise and doing things that are illegal, like taking millions of dollars from foreign nations and then having your daddy, who's in a position of power, execute and do things that these foreign nations want done. And if it is all as so innocent 
and so pure. As Mr. Laos says, then why do you need 20 shell companies to hide all of it? If he's just using old daddy's connection, why didn't he just put a why didn't he just put a, a sign out on the door, Biden and Son? Why do you have to mask it? Why do you have to go through all that he went through to try to keep it hidden, not only from public view, but from the view of regulators? I mean, these people must think that everyone that they talk to is stupid. Of course people use connections. We're not talking about connections. We're talking about corrupt use of the family name. We're talking about lobbying as a foreign agent, even though you never registered as a foreign agent. We're talking, if, if, if this was also above board, why didn't Joe Biden go out and say, listen, my son just scored 20 million bucks from various countries, and we're going to do some things to help. If this is all above board, why hide everything? And why was Joe Biden out lying, saying he knew nothing about his son's business? when he clearly did. You can peddle this nonsense on PMSNBC. And maybe their audience, devoid of facts in the case, will go along with this sorry, pathetic spin. But anyone who actually knows what's going on with the Hunter Biden case, this is laughable. Eight hundred eight four eight WABC, of course, is the number to call us today. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. And I'd love to know from those of you Trump fans or not, for those of you who look towards someone else as potentially your nominee in the Republican Party, or for those of you who don't care about any Republican nominee at all, but just care about or like to talk about politics, have at it. Donald Trump is planning, he says today, on skipping the GOP debate. Instead, he's going to conduct an interview with our good friend, Tucker Carlson. And I just think that is delicious. I've been saying all along, I don't think he ought to debate. There's no need. But now the Trump campaign apparently has made a decision Skip the debates, let everybody else fight it out for positioning on that stage, those that can make the cut. And Donald Trump instead will sit down for a one-on-one with Tucker, which will be seen by millions of people on X, the social media platform X. Governor Chris Christie, former New Jersey governor, beloved former New Jersey governor Chris Christie, is saying that Donald Trump canceling his press conference that he planned to give next week is the first smart decision he's made in a while. Christie was on CNN, where, of course, he's loved. 
says he isn't surprised about Trump's decision to cancel the press conference. He said the former president is now aware that he's facing jail time and he can't make his situation much worse. I think it's the first smart decision he's made in this regard in a long time. That's your Chris Christie. Who I'm sure many of you can't wait to see Chris Christie perform in the debates. Lawyers for President Trump, former President Trump, have asked the federal judge to put off until 2026 the trial in Washington on charges that he plotted to overturn the results of the 2020. These are the Jack Smith indictments. In their court filing Thursday, Donald Trump's lawyers said the years-long delay is warranted because of the massive amount of information prosecutors you see. My friends have already produced, get this, 11.5 million pages. Prosecutors, I repeat, have already put together 11.5 million pages of documents that Trump's lawyers have to review. Trump's lawyers say that if they had to meet the Justice Department date for trial, they would have to go over 100,000 pages a day. Clearly, clearly. An impossibility. They also said if we were to print and stack 11.5 million pages of documents with no gap between pages at 200 pages per inch, the result would be a tower of paper stretching nearly 5,000 feet in the sky. They would put together a stack of documents taller than the Washington Monument which, as you may know, is the tallest building in Washington, D.C., by law. They also say the case concerns unprecedented questions that will take time to sort out. So they want this case to roll out in 2026, which would be Great. It would, of course, upend what they want to do, which is to try to stick it to Trump during the election year. Donald Trump on True Social also talked about the debates he's going to skip. Say, hey, Reagan didn't debate. Why should I? (laughs) I agree. Story in the New York Times wants to know how many of Donald Trump's trials will happen before the election. Three different prosecutors want to put Trump on trial in four different cities all next year before Memorial Day. Even the biased left-wing, not leaning, their left-wing, period, New York Times says that's nearly impossible to pull off. Some of these are going to have to be delayed. 
Some experts, they say, predict that only one or two of the trials will take place next year. One of the lawyers that they reached out said none of the four cases are going to start before the election. That would be awesome. Awesome. There's a long story I cannot possibly get into from the Hill. It would take the rest of the show to do it justice. Did you know, in addition to the other 18 people that Trump is indicted with in Georgia, there are 30 unindicted co-conspirators. 30. And the story in today's Hill tries to go into the backgrounds of all 30 of them. Some are not known. Others are names that some of you who are politicos might know. But the information is out there if you want to do a deep dive. So in addition to the 19 figures that Fanny Hill, I'm sorry, Fanny, Fanny Willis wants to bring up, she's got 30 others that she wants. You know the reason a lot of prosecutors keep these unindicted co-conspirators laying around. They want to have somebody to trade up. They want to have somebody that they can threaten. If you don't spill the goods, you might be indicted too. So there's a bullpen of 30 unindicted conspirators hanging around, unindicted co-conspirators hanging around in this Georgia case. Hey, can you see if Curtis, I just saw Curtis, can you see if Curtis can step in for a quick second? I want to talk to him about this whole deal that's going on with the migrants in Queens. The issue could knock Trump off the ballots nationwide. Now, get ready for this one, folks. There's another companion story to this in the Hill today. This prints out to 16 pages. And it's about the fact that if Trump, this is this whole 14th Amendment argument that Trump can't run. Hey, Curtis. Yes, James. Let me know. Curtis. Yes. What the hell? You're too old to be getting arrested, Curtis. Really? No, what no, are these no. people doing? You're just exercising your freedom of speech. What gives? Well, we've got to ratchet up the pressure because, uh, you know, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, is leaving for a week. Can you imagine in the middle of this emergency that he's created, he's picking up, going to Martha's Vineyard. Remember where they they told the illegal aliens that the Senate said, and thank you very much, but get the hell out of here. Go to Nantucket. Get on the buses. Get off our island. He's having right. he's having a fundraiser for his reelection. Is that chutzpah? And then he's going to Israel for a week on a religious pilgrimage, while he's leaving behind this Michigash, this total mess of illegal aliens everywhere that he invited. So you go out. I see you, uh, Curtis. Thank you, by the way. Not a lot of people do what you do. They don't actually go out into the streets. They don't go out and hang out in Queens, my stomping grounds, and actually hang with the people and say, this is what you're doing is wrong. You're out there. You're doing it. So they attack you for this. Meanwhile, Adams, 
just says, what the, never mind. There was a story yesterday, Curtis. Hochul basically threw him under the bus and said, we've offered Eric Adams all kind of help, and the city's turned it down. Well, the best thing, James, on that was she said, we gave you $1.5 billion a year ago, and you've yet to turn in an invoice or a receipt. Show me the money. Where did you spend the money? That is the most troubling portion of this, is that he keeps asking for more and more money, but won't explain where the money is going. Remember, last week he said, oh, it's going to cost $4 billion. Then he used common core math, creative multiplication, and said, no, no, actually it's going to cost $12 billion. You know what this is? These are contracts that then generate kickbacks to his cronies. That's all this is. It's a money game now. Curtis, are the illegal immigrants that we see these pictures of still sleeping on the streets in some cases? Are they still? Oh, by the way, there was a story. I don't know whether you caught this. You probably did because you see so much. I read a story today. I didn't have time to print it out. It's a long story about one of these immigrants that came in under asylum that was stopped and killed right before he launched a killing spree on the West Coast. They showed the arsenal of weapons and everything else that this guy had. Just goes to show you what many of us have been saying. You've got people pouring in, crying about asylum, who are not being vetted. Well, look up in but, uh, look look up in Erie County, where the Democratic County Executive was more than happy to take our illegal aliens because we pay them to take them. Put them up in Super Eight motels in Cheektowaga, outside of Buffalo, back to back. One night, it was a Venezuelan illegal who raped a female who was working at the motel. And the next night, some guy from the Congo raped a woman at a different Super 8 motel uh, who was working uh, at that location. And finally, the Democratic County executive said, hey, Eric Adams, no more. You're not vetting these people. Who are you sending us? Forget it. We don't want any more. Now, that's a fellow Democrat. This is out of control, James. And I'm telling you, he has created a mess, and he's abandoned ship. He's left. He's going to Israel on a religious pilgrimage to find himself, James. Help him find himself, because he's destroying us in the process. I wonder how many suitcases he's taking with him. A lot of suits, $5,000 customized suits, and they ain't off the rack at Men's Wholesale Outlet, that's for sure. Curtis, thank you. I'm getting arrested on Sunday. That's number 79. We're going to do Occupy Midland Beach in Staten Island where they're kicking out senior citizens from a senior citizen home to make room for the illegal aliens. Arrest, arrest, arrest. We'll get him, James. Go ahead with yourself, Curtis. Curtis Lee, ladies and gentlemen. 1945, today Sarah Dash was born. She died unexpectedly uh, two years ago. But Sarah Dash, who with LaBelle had this one, Lady Marmalade, on WABC Boston Early's Rush Hour. Keep it right here. Coming back. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
and all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. 1979. Shout out to Queens, New York. Sheik. Nile Rodgers. Guys like Raymond Jones. And if you look at some of the chic performances, Barry Sunjohn, Barry Johnson out in Queens. Chic. Omar Hakim goes on the road with him, or went on the road with them from time to time. They have a really, they have a great YouTube video. They're doing this one. It is so funky. But one of the most successful groups of the era. Right out here, many of them from New York, from Queens, New York. On WABC. There's a lot of speculation about who has leaked the names and addresses of the grand jurors sitting in Georgia. And some of them reportedly are receiving threats. Now, the thing about these threats... I am of two minds when it comes to that. One is that it's pretty ugly and awful for people to do the things that they do when they dox people. The other is that we're also dealing with politicians. And so some and political parties here. And there is no there are no shortage of dirty tricksters out in the political field. And I'm not trying to sound like a conspiracy kook. But it is totally possible that some of the threats that may be coming in might be coming in from sources other than you think they are. Now, there was this one lady that has been arrested. Apparently, they say she's a Trump supporter. She called uh, Fannie Hill, I'm sorry, Fannie Willis, the N-word and had horrible language and, and all that. She's been arrested. There are other people that are, well, off the deep end. And you'll find those people across the political spectrum. All of these stories about the grand jurors' names being leaked, they weren't leaked. They were publicly available. Their names. But other people saw it to themselves to try to put addresses, photos, and all that with them. And when you do that, you know, mistakes can be made. This is dangerous stuff. And anybody that is involved in trying to threaten either members of the court with violence or threaten these people from the grand jury, they need to be dealt with. 
to the full extent of the law, period. No ifs, ands, no buts. Out in Maui, now the death toll is over 480. And they are now finding entire families that have been charred to death. Well, burned to death, they're finding their charred remains. Also, that administrator, who we talked about it yesterday, who came out and said why he didn't sound the alarms, he's resigned. Another story today, you can find it at the Daily BS. Maui residents are slamming the Biden's administration's response to the deadly wildfires. As you heard Rudy say, he's out on the beach with no comment. Can you imagine, do any of you remember the abuse that Bush 43 took for what many people conceived to be or perceived to be an improper response after Katrina. Yet all we get is one or two stories here and there. You know, people are mad. The administration's response is slow. They're not doing anything. Joe Biden is pretty much telling people, huh? I'll get to it. Yeah, the wife and I will go there next week. And that's his response. We are expecting to have Congresswoman Claudia Tenney with us in a few minutes. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, here on WABC, 800-848-WABC. We're going to get to as many of your calls as possible, too. A lot more news, a lot more things going on. Thank goodness we have tomorrow morning because we're not going to get to all of it today. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley on WABC. Keep it here. Coming right back. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. A 2008 Purvis Jackson with the spinners passed away. You might remember this one from 1970. It's a shame. Ah, interesting note produced, written by Stevie Wonder, this one. Yeah, it was on an offshoot label of a Motown label. Also, going into the break, we heard from George Michael, his first number one single, Careless Whispers. Right now, we are pleased to have with us Representative Claudia Tenney. Good afternoon, Representative. How are you? Great. How are you? It's such an honor to be on. Well, thank you. It's my honor. You know what You know what I love about your biography? You actually have worked outside of government. You haven't spent your whole life in government. You actually know what it's like to meet payroll, to run a company. It's a family company and it, that, that you had managed in the, in the commercial printing and manufacturing business. You come from a distinguished family, nothing but service to this country. 
and to our our city. So it's wonderful to have somebody that actually hasn't just spent your entire life telling other people what to do without any real experience of what it's like to be one of the people. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. That's most of the reason that I actually ran for office. I was trying to run our business. And by the way, I was in the news media business. I ran uh, our family newspaper was the division I ran. That was after I became a partner in my law firm and left it to run our business uh, when my parents were ill and kind of took over with my brother. But I I got into it because all these politicians kept telling me, they're oh, we're going to lower your taxes. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I was like, do you have any idea how expensive all this stuff is that you guys keep thinking is okay? I was like, you know, when you say we're adding $50,000 and that's all it's going to cost you in a year, that could mean all of all the money I make. And actually, if we're lucky to break even. So it was part of the reason I ran for office in the first place back in uh, I ran in this New York State Assembly in 2010. And boy, was I in for a shocker. And for exactly what you said, how many people are in politics don't really know what it's like to run a business, to deal with government, to deal with employees. Uh, to deal with the taxes and the unfunded mandates and all the things and to try to compete with the big companies, which is we were small competing against big giants like Gannett, which was uh, the the daily newspaper in our region and how they got all the advantages and the subsidies from government. And we didn't, and we had to do it the hard way with low margins. And so I was just trying to fight for the small business owner. I've been a, a member of the national Federation of independent business for I don't know, 35 years with our family because they helped us advocate. So uh, that's the whole reason I'm actually in government is I was trying to make it better for our small business owners, which, by the way, they create most of the jobs in our communities and especially in upstate New York. And uh, I could just see what was happening. You know, my customers and our business uh, were all competing uh, against the big box stores coming in. You know, the locally owned and operated businesses are getting displaced by these these big national chains who had had the economies of scale, but yet didn't provide the same customer service and the care and didn't contribute to the communities like our small business did and like our family business. I mean, there isn't a charity in our community that we didn't support. Even the fire departments, all of their their not-for-profit charities, everyone, you know, whether it was a, a poor kid, you know, struggling with leukemia, you know, we were involved in everything. And, you know, we might give 100 or 200 or $1,000 and yet Walmart would get all the credit. They'd give $1,000, which they made in about two seconds. So it was part of the reason wow. I ran is to really defend the small business owner and what we were up against and how, uh, how much we were giving to our communities and really didn't get the credit. You know? So it, is a, it was always like my concern and losing jobs, losing our, our people upstate. Uh, and uh, that was part of my passion and running in the first place. And I ran into a few buzzsaws along the way. Uh, and uh, now here I am, you know, still trying to fight for our small business community and, and entrepreneurs and people who really care about what we stand for as a nation, really understand being independent, understanding being free. And so I think a lot of people have lost that because government has crowded us out in a lot of ways. Well, yeah, let me yeah, ask you now box. about spe- <laughs> specifically about, and that's not, it's not a soapbox. This is who you are, and I'm glad to give you at least – some uninterrupted time to tell people why you are where you are. This is real stuff. Let me ask you about this, uh, Representative. We have right now, New York is suffering with this influx of illegal immigrants. Now, I say suffering, and we've heard all about it from the mayor, we've heard from the governor of the state, how terrible it is. 
What a strain on resources, New York. We are running out of money. We can't do this. You've got people sleeping on streets in New York City. These numbers that New York, Massachusetts is another one, they declared a state of emergency because they had an influx of like 20,000. The Biden administration is projected to let in by the time their term ends, anywhere between four and six million illegal immigrants, many of them illegal because these claims of asylum are phony. The asylum system is broken beyond repair. What kind of impact is it having on New York, and what would you like to see done about it? Well, first of all, let me just say, our community is so welcoming of immigrants. Uh, most of us uh, come from immigrant families. We are a huge refugee destination uh, in my community, uh, upstate New York. We welcome these people with open arms who look to strive and live the American dream. But so many people are taking advantage of us as we have this open border and the sanctuary policy. And that's what New York has done, is become an attractant to people who don't necessarily have good intentions, who are coming in and getting the benefits of being Uh, in our country and not the responsibilities of citizenship that should go with it. And they're not willing to be responsible citizens in many cases. And they're also, some of them are being drug, you know, they're they're drug trafficking, they're being human trafficked. And our state and our federal government are subsidizing and funding people and giving them the incentives to come here instead of going through legitimate means, either as a refugee or a true asylum seeker. So what our New York residents, our local businesses, our small business owners, our small communities are being forced to take care of these people, and it's an unfunded mandate. And I think there's something that I think people should understand and know that I think uh, that I saw when I was at the border is our federal government was paying to fly these people. And many of them were were minors at the time a couple of years ago when you heard these, these night flights landing in Westchester County, and a lot of them were minors. That was paid for at the federal taxpayer expense. But every time you say taxpayer, that's us. That's our money. When it's government, it's our money. And what I'm thinking is going on here is everyone's blaming Texas and Governor Abbott. And, you know, really a small percentage of of these people are coming from Texas. I think our federal government is using taxpayer dollars and putting these people in places in upstate New York where we have lesser resources, we are very high taxed, we have low property values, we're struggling with inflation, high price of, of groceries, gas, everything else, where we can least afford it. And we have counties, and I represent 12 counties in upstate New York, pretty rural, the largest agricultural district in the Northeast, so it's a very rural area. Uh, but these, they can, our counties can't even handle the homeless that we have right now. They're veterans, they're people who can't afford Uh, to get from point A to point B because of jobs, because of mental illness. How are we going to house these these migrants who, by the way, are getting a little porky? They're demanding resources. They're demanding that we take care of them. I'll tell you, that's not how people come into this country who really want to live the American dream and and really strive and become better and and, and, uh, become, you know, wealthy or, or even successful citizens in our communities like so many have in the past. And, and that's what worries me. And I think we need to really look at what we're doing because it's costing and hurting us. And not to mention, we had some migrants uh, in my nearby near Erie County who now we've had two rape uh, charges are being alleged to yes. two, uh, these illegal immigrants coming in yep. in Erie County, which I surround. Yep. 
So who are these people that are coming in that we're giving them all our resources that should go to our New York taxpayers? Who, by the way, are the highest tax in the nation now? We've been six, we're ahead of California now. Good grief. That's scary. Well, listen, we're, gonna, we're running out of time here. I'm going to invite you back because there's so much I wanted to talk with you. You also sit on the House Space Science and Technology Committee. And I, I'm, a, I'm a science freak. I want to talk to you about some of the things that we should be doing with NASA and whether in this day and time some of the missions that are planned or you think that they are uh, 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 suitable, what we should be doing looking forward with America's space program and beyond. So maybe another time we can talk about that. And also you're on Ways and Means and, you know, the money. And I have questions like every other American does, I'm sure, who pays attention. Where is all this money coming from? Where are these trillions of dollars coming from that we're spending? Where did all this money come from in COVID that is still unaccounted for? Where is all, where, who's paying this? When are we ever going to pay off this massive over $31 trillion debt and how? So a lot to talk about with you, Representative Tenney. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'd love to come back on and talk to you about it because there, we've got to do something. We cannot continue to uh, amass all the debt that we have. Uh, be held, we, we, we're going to be beholden to China and other countries that are holding debt. Um, and uh, they could leverage us at any time with this. And we, we really have to be more efficient. Obviously, if we're going to grow our economy, we have to be more energy efficient. And we have to start looking into every source of, of energy. I'll, I'll tell you an interesting thing. Every nuclear power plant in the state of New York is in my district, which provides baseload power. As we have these negative uh, views towards fossil fuels. Natural gas has done a lot to bring down the cost of energy. Uh, we are not going to grow unless we have an all-of-the-above strategy dealing with energy that is making us prosperous. Get, uh, it, it promotes human flourishing. That's how we're going to grow, and that's how we're going to actually be able to pay some of the debt. But if we're going to continue with this negative, in this negative uh, uh, environment, we're not going to grow, and we're going to continue to see high taxes and less ability for us to grow, as a, and, and our economy is going to continue to co- collapse. I, I worry we about We just a had one of the first me. nuclear power plants open up. I forget what state it was in. I think it maybe it was in Arizona. But it was the first oh, new power plant, it. nuclear power one. plant, came online in ages. Yeah, it's been 40 years. We just had our first new one, and, and, uh, and we need to improve on that. It's, it's emission-free, baseload power. Uh, we can do it safe and clean. And just like you talked about NASA, there's a lot we could do with NASA with the incredible minds there, but we have to be efficient. We have to have the proper mission. Uh, we have to direct our dollars in a way that is going to maximize U.S. security and U.S. innovation. And, and we've got to start doing that. We can do it. The U.S. is the best at everything. But if we're focused on things that don't matter, uh, we're not going to get where we need to be. Congresswoman Tenney, you are remarkable. Thank you. We look forward to having you back many times. There's a lot to discuss. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. You're so straightforward. Thank you you for being with us this afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, time for us to check in with Lou Dobbs here on WABC. Coming back, we're going to grab your calls right after. So don't dare go away. The voice of Diana Ross takes us in. This is from her number one single, This Day in 1973. Touch Me in the Morning. Coming right back. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Yeah, Bon Jovi. In 1986, they released their third studio album, Slippery When Wet. Uh, let's go to the telephone, shall we? Jerry, Charleston, South Carolina, you're up first on WABC. How are you? I'm pretty good. How you doing, Mr. Snurdly? I got a, uh, a com- my comments about Mayor Adams. And I heard him uh, a few days ago saying how he felt like Gandhi. And he was, he was oh. becoming Gandhi. My whole thing with that is, the irony of that is he's going to Israel. And I wonder if he's, you know, done any research to know how, how Gandhi felt about the Jewish people. Ooh. You know, Gandhi had some issues. Gandhi had some issues, by the way. You know, when you look back at the world, it's really strange. It is really, really strange. When you look at people, you say, oh, my goodness, this guy was a saint. This guy was whatever. When you look in their past and you find out some of the issues and some of the frailties that some of the people that are so deeply admired have, and you're bringing up one of the things that uh, with Mahatma Gandhi had some issues. Just like Winston Churchill and this whole struggle for Indian freedom said some things that, if you looked at today, are clearly, how shall we say, problematic. Yeah, people are men and women of their times. Let's go to Al and Yonkers. Thanks for the call, Jerry. Alan Yonkers, how are you? Good afternoon, Bo. Uh, Bo, you know, I just wanted to say I'm looking forward this week to watch the Republican debate uh, for president. I'm a registered Republican, as are my siblings. And we're really going to look to see who we want to be president. We all like Donald Trump. But to be truth, uh, the truth is that, you know, it's early in the process, and I think the standard bearer of the party should come out, whoever that is, and uh, let them let us know why we should choose that person. So I believe if he doesn't show up, which they say he probably won't, I think uh, whoever does well in the debate that night is going to get a bounce. So I think if he doesn't show up, he does a disservice to himself. Well, that's one one school of thought. He can't hurt himself if he's not there. He can't hurt himself if he's not there. So, I mean, to me, anyway. And he did make a point. He said, look, people know my record. They know what I stand for. There has been no other political figure in the past six years that has had as much publicity, good and bad, as Donald Trump. So I guess there's an argument to be made both ways, and you certainly made the argument of why he should show up. Jerry in New Jersey. Thanks, Al. Jerry in New Jersey, you're up next. You know, we have several billionaires on our side, at least four that I can name, but, you know, like uh, Shelly... Edelman, um, Steve Forbes, and a couple of others. Teal, they ought to get together and write a complete history of the Democratic Party from birth to now. For example, in 1828, and then the slavery, and then the birth of the Ku Klux Klan after the Civil War, and then go into Wilson, how we resegregated the um, army, and then go. And let me tell you something. uh, Look, I love the idea, Jerry, but can I just be totally candid with you? People don't even know the history of what happened last week and don't care, let alone American history and what the Democrats are and what they've done. 
There's a video, I think we're going to put it on the Daily BS today, of um, uh, Larry Elder taking Charlemagne the God to school. That is amazing. And it doesn't happen. But even in those, he, about Joe Biden, Joe Biden's history with race, et cetera, et cetera, even that, people in America, many people, especially younger generations, and I'm not trying to be, you know, snarky and one of those old whatevers, they don't know history. It's not taught. And if you present history, it's not going to be read or looked at unless it's done in a compelling way. Now, I happen to love history, and I agree with you. There are so many stories about America that need to be told and need to be understood. The thing that has to happen more than anything else, defeat the Democrats on what they're doing today. They're doing enough harm to this country today that you can make the case that they should not retain the power that they have. Sandra in New Jersey, you got 30 seconds. 30 seconds? I don't know if I can do it so fast, but I wanted to say that Giuliani today said that the way we can help is get involved in the election. So I think like what this other gentleman said, the the debates are the very beginning of this whole process. And I am going to go into the city instead of staying home, and I'll go to the National Women's Republican Club and see the debate there. And I even offered to maybe have a discussion before or after the debate with all the people there. And that's like the beginning of getting out of my house and meeting with other people who believe like we do. And it's just a step in the right direction. So that's what I'm going to do. And you had a little more than 30 seconds, but you nailed it. And we're so glad to have you in the audience. And thank you for that. It's about getting involved. It's about getting out there, not just sitting in the house. Well, Friday comes, Friday goes. And right now, for me, Friday's gone on the air, but we'll be back tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. bright and early. Hope you're here, too, for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Beautiful week with you. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your families, your loved ones. It's love and gratitude all the time for your being here with me. And God willing, we will see you for fun, frivolity, good times. And, of course, whatever's going on in the news. Bye.